Good afternoon. It's Friday and it's time for the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. I'm Warren Thompson. Uh, coming up on the show today, we'll be talking to Andrea Taverna Turisan, the CEO of Equities Property Fund, following their full year results to the end of February 2018. And then for our market commentary, we'll be talking to Petri Redlinghuis, the founder of Herenia Capital, uh, to get his summary and view of the markets on Friday, just as we head into the weekend. Remember that the show, though, is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn as promised by new President Ramaphosa? Can South Africa make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes low economic growth? Attend the Brandhurst Wealth SA Kurvadi seminar series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts, Magna Seistek of Brandhurst, Ralph Mateja, political analyst, Magna Vieseska of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum and Jean-Pierre Fester of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.ca. CO.za search for Brenthurst. Right, the Equities uh, Property Fund announced full year results uh, to the end of February 2018 today that saw distribution per share uh, rise by 12.2% to 1.23 and the fair value of its properties rising to 8.1 billion. Joining me to discuss the results, sorry, that were actually uh, posted yesterday, as I understand it, is Andrea Taverna Turisan, who joins me on the phone now. Good to uh, speak to you, Andrea. Hello, hi, Jim. Uh, so a very good, a very good uh, result for you. Uh, obviously, the distribution growing well in excess of South African inflation uh, to uh, by twelve point two percent. To what did you attribute that growth? Well, um, in our, in our presentation that we've sort of um, done over the last couple of days, um, the vast majority of it obviously comes from rental growth. So um, between our natural escalation on our portfolio. Uh, and coupled with that, a couple of asset management uh, circumstances where we've added value. Um, we've had about just over 9% of it has come from that. Um, then onto that, you add a bit of the gearing effect in terms of the gearing that we had on our portfolio. Um, and then during the year, we did um, we did have um, a capital raise that added a little bit to it too. Um, and, um, and, then, and then a little bit of... Uh, Profit has come from the development side of the business that's added a bit of value to it. And then uh, and then last but not least is um, the fact that we sold uh, the three offices in our portfolio in Cape Town have actually also added about 0.6% to, to that distribution growth. Uh, right. Uh, so, I mean, you said here that uh, uh, you were able to achieve strong like-for-like rental growth of some 9%. Um, so was that on a constant currency basis or is there a little bit of, a, of an effect given that uh, a substantial part of your po- your properties are in the UK? At the moment, only about 16, I mean, in, in, that, in, the, in that financial year, uh, in the period, basically only 16% of our income came from the UK. Right. Um, so 84% of it came, came from South Africa. And, um, and on that, that is not on a constant, that is on an, an actual um, sort of day, day rate in terms of, when, when the accounting money flowed. 
Right. Okay. Great. Now, in particular, you've been uh, you did a a capital raise. Uh, you did a book build in August 2017. You raised a billion rand there, and then you've been fairly mm-hmm. active in the UK, judging from uh, the release that you've uh, that you've uh, provided us with, including especially yeah. uh, what seems to be the distribution centres or distribution nodes throughout the UK. Just give us a bit of a rundown on your strategy there. Well, we we entered the market in uh, 20, uh, 2016 we did the first deal in in basically in uh, with, a, with a unit led to Tesco's in the Golden Triangle in a place called Hinkley um, and uh, the strategy basically was to expose Equitus to um, a first world uh, cutting edge economy where it came to logistics warehousing the history of our management team having had experience and exposure in the UK made it a a simple decision for our board to decide to go into the UK. Uh, we always felt it was important to just be in a single jurisdiction and focus on being best in class in that jurisdiction rather than to spread ourselves in the other multiple jurisdictions. Uh, so that was the, the essence of the strategy when we entered. The, the, the consequent, well, 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 how the market has evolved um, in the last two years um, with the, the demand for these kind of assets from asset managers all over the world, um, especially in the UK. Uh, the pricing has started to harden substantially. And the consequence of that is that, you know, we, we needed to start finding a way where we could maybe extract a bit more value than just buying the generic asset of, or in, in the marketplace. And, and we entered then a process of negotiation with multiple developers. Um, and we did our first deal with, with Prologis, where we, we acquired a development that they, they developed. And, and and that went extremely well for us. We, we got it at a very good price because we took a little bit of we, we were we did we did, we did a funding a funding call on that. And then on the back of that, we've done another one in in Reading with DHL as the tenant. We got a 15-year lease from DHL, and the developer there is a company called Exton Estates. And then on the back of that, we've we've entered into two agreements now with the with the Roxel uh, team, um, who are extremely well known in the UK. Also, because they're they're executing a lot of development deals for the Segro uh, UK REIT as well, um, and we've done two deals with them. But and by basically providing the funding and the development pipeline, if you like, um, you extract a little bit more value because you're going slightly further up the food chain, if you for want of a better word. Okay, great. So, so I mean, is this a growing subcategory of of the market uh, of the property market in the UK? Uh, well, uh, listen, uh, logistics, uh, prime logistics um, assets for the first time in 2017 are trading at a keener yield than prime retail in the UK. So uh, we, what we're seeing, and especially in the UK, and we think that will, in time it will flow through into South Africa, is that there's a structural change in the property industry. And, and where retail has historically always been the darling of every property investor, we believe that going forward from here, uh, logistics, logistics warehousing is going to be the new retail for one to the better way. Yeah. Okay, very interesting. Just uh, because I'm running out of time here, uh, Andrea, but certainly just give us, uh, do, do you provide guidance in, in terms of what you aim to uh, do with distribution growth for the forthcoming year? Yeah, this year we've given guidance of 10 to 12% growth and that's also on the back of we had five leases that were expiring in this financial year and we've already renewed them. And we've got an exit, an exit positive increment on those leases of about six percent. So we've got a lot of 
a lot of uh, forward foresight in terms of, of the numbers coming through. We've got a 1.8 billion rand pipeline of developments and acquisitions that are coming through in this calendar year, in this financial year, should I say, uh, which obviously uh, we, we, we've already got an, we've got an idea of, of the impact that they will have on our numbers. All right, fantastic. Uh, we, we're going to have to leave it there, Andrea, but thank you very much for your time and we, we look forward to uh, engaging with you in the future. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for your time. Appreciate that, it. That, that was Andrea Taverna, Turisan, the CEO of Equities Property Fund. MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor-based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za. You're back with the uh, MoneyWeb at Midday Show. The JSC all share down one-third of a percent today uh, as we speak. 57,805 points it's trading at. Uh, industrials are leading the way down. They're up, uh, sorry, down nearly 1%. Uh, financials down a quarter of a percent. Gold mining down half a percent and resources up nearly 1%. And behind NUSPAs, uh, it's the resource counters that are the most traded on the JSE with BHP Bulletin and Anglo-American. And I also see uh, no Glencore, but Sassel is certainly in the top 10 of shares being traded. So obviously uh, an interesting day there for resources as they... Uh, as they trade up uh, in terms of the currency uh, good gains uh, for the rand against the US dollar up a quarter of a percent to 12 and 29 uh, but it has lost one tenth of a percent against the pound to 16 rand 64 and against the euro it's marginally higher at 14 rand 66 gold at $1,324 an ounce uh, platinum uh, up Almost 2% to $927 an ounce and palladium has breached the $1,000 per ounce level up 3% today, just over $1,000 an ounce. Uh, he had to give me his market reaction and summary of the week's trading is Petri Redinghase, the founder of Herenia Capital, and he joins me on the phone now. Petri, how are you today? I'm well, thanks, and yourself, Owen? Uh, very good, thanks. I mean, uh, fairly good week, I suppose, in the markets, but uh, while the gains, I think, have been mar- marginal this week, it's uh, it's certainly nothing to write home about. Uh, what uh, has been catching your interest today? Well, today, I think uh, it's been a bit tough, really, because you, you look at the U.S. market um, that had another wonderful session last night. We've had two days of up uh, close to a percent. So you'd expect some of that strength to follow through into into our market, and it hasn't actually done so, which is a bit disappointing. We're seeing that commodities are rising, but uh, that continued theme of um, uh, soft retailers uh, coming through today. So yesterday was a bit of a head scratching as to why the retailers are so soft. Today, you know, after a bit of reading, a bit of talking, um, it's starting to make a bit of sense. I think what's happening is inflation expectations are really low. Um, the South African consumer is somewhat constrained and uh, we have the ever-increasing oil price which means that input costs and transportation costs in particular for these retailers are going up and they can't pass that to the consumer because the consumer is too constrained which means that their margins might or is or very likely to come under a bit of pressure and the market's starting to price some of that in and that's why we're seeing some of that weakness. So that theme uh, continuing today uh, with retailers under a bit of pressure and then we see banks coming off as well um, as there is maybe, I don't know, sort of seems sort of like an asset class swap into commodities and, and uh, resources and out of the rest of the, the locals, if you want to put it that way. Uh, 
All right, and and that theme around uh, certainly domestic companies being the flavor of the month, has that petered out or has that just uh, been put on hold for the meantime? Well, I am perhaps too optimistic for my own good, (laughs) but I think it's just petered out for for now. Um, I do still think that, uh, you know, given the the sort of global macroeconomic data that we continue to see uh, coming in positive, also we've had a very good U.S. earnings season and so on, um, plus, with uh, I don't know if you believe in technical analysis, but um, we saw something called the McClellan indicator yesterday. Which basically, what that does, uh, what the McClellan indicator is, is it's a measure of market breadth. It counts uh, the number of shares that traded up versus the number of shares that traded down, and then the difference between those two plots on a graph. So it creates like an oscillator, right? So right. it could be positive or negative depending on what the market is doing. So yesterday for the U.S., for the NYAC composite, or the New York Exchange Composite Index, uh, which consists of around 3,200 shares, around there, 3,300 shares. Right. Strong positive reading. We had something like 2,100 uh, shares trading up and only 800 trading down. So for the first time in a while, we're starting to see broad-based buying coming into the U.S., which is a very bullish uh, sign. Um, and that combined with some of the strong economic data that we've been seeing. And, you know, nothing is shooting the lights out anymore in terms of the economic data front, but it remains robust. So that, to me, is an indicator that sentiment is changing a little bit. We're not seeing the market running up just on a couple of really big heavyweights in the index, but there's broad-based buying in the United States, which, of course, is a measure for risk on. And that leads to risk on in emerging markets, uh, which, to me, tells me that we should see a continuation in strength in the local companies like the retailers and the banks, even though for the interim, uh, there might be a little bit of short-term pressure, particularly on the retailers. However, with some of the retailers uh, reporting later this month and next week, we could see some really good buying opportunities if some of these retail numbers are better than what are anticipated. If you look at something like the Fashini Group, for example, uh, the expectation for earnings growth is something like 1% at this point. Anything above that, considering the pressure that Fushini has been under and the rest of the retailers, could lead to really large upward movements very quickly. So um, I think that we're poised in a good position that if the market keeps coming down, that we can find some good bargain. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, certainly one of the, the ones that, that that amazed me on the retailing front in the furniture sector was, uh, was Lewis. Uh, I'm just pulling the uh, share price here. Uh, up another 6.25% today to 42.50. And I think if I remember correctly, uh, over okay, over one year, only, uh, only up 14%. But uh, certainly in the last 90 days, it's risen by 53.49%. So uh, as you say, a lot of uh, a lot of catch-up was being played there. But uh, nonetheless, going to be very interesting. We, we, we spoke about Lewis uh, a few weeks ago as well uh, when there was that court case ruling that uh, that came out, wasn't it? That's right, yes. Um, so I think that's starting to sort of come... Which, which exonerated you know, to them of, of any, wrong, any wrongdoing. Yeah, when it comes to the club fees and that kind of thing, saying uh, that the investigation or the, the, the ruling was that they are, or haven't done anything wrong. In a sense, you don't need to pay back any of the money that they've earned from club fees over the years, which could have been hugely catastrophic. So uh, that, I think, is a little bit of, you know, is part of the reason why Lewis is performing so well, because suddenly this giant weight has been lifted off of its shoulders. 
Right. Uh, just just quite interesting noting the volatility in that share, though. It's uh, up 6% today. Uh, over seven days, it's been down 12%, but over 90 days, up uh, 54%. So <laughs> you uh, you just need to hold on to your uh, your socks there when you trade in that share. <laughs> yeah, the problem is that it's, uh, you know, because it's fallen out of favor so much and the stock's fallen so hard over, uh, you know, the last couple of years, if you want to put it that way, liquidity really dries up. So the lower the share price, the people trade in it. Uh, so when trades do take place, sometimes, you know, the double or the spread between the bid price and the offer price, um, or the, what people are willing to buy for and what people are willing to sell for is really huge. So when somebody then makes a commitment to buy some, you have this explosive move. But uh, the volatility in that is, is really high because the liquidity in it is not so much. So something in first round, for example, you've got 5 million shares trading on the odd day, uh, something you know compared to Lewis that on a very, very good day, you might have 500,000 shares trading for the day. So um, that lack of liquidity is a big part of why there's so much volatility in this box. So you, as you say, you have to hold on to your hold on to your socks if you if you want to get involved there. Just interesting to note, uh, Petri obviously giving more developments in Steinoff yesterday uh, that Lewis is now trading at a market cap of about half half of Steinoff, uh, which reminds me of a, a saying an executive uh, investec executive once told me here. He says, "Remember to wave to people on the way up so that they recognize you on the way down." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the Steiner story is getting is getting oh, what's the best word I can use? Hectic, uh, really. Um, you know, I think I, I was saying a few months ago, no, no, five rand, yeah, I'll buy it for the long term. You know, odds are you'll be fine. And we're trading under two rand now, so I don't know. It's I, I don't know how to call this stock anymore. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's it's been a bit of a scary ride, especially with all the the lawsuits that are now coming against it. To me, it's starting to feel like. You know, the big boys are starting to think and position themselves for a potential liquidation of the business. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be speculating. Um, but yeah, it's not been it's not been fun for sign of shareholders. And now we saw, obviously, after the announcement yesterday, that the hole that we thought they were in uh, turns out to be a lot bigger than what we believed. So that what we even know at this stage. So the saga is not over. Um, this will either turn out to be a fantastic opportunity to make a lot of money for, for people who are brave or, um, you know, it's going to be a glorious end to, to one of the better companies we've seen you know, come out of South Africa. Right. Uh, and that share price down 5% to 1.65, so well under 2 rand now. Uh, Petri, always good talking and uh, have a great weekend and I'm sure we'll be in touch in, uh, soon. Thank you very much, Ryan. I hope you have a wonderful weekend too and to all the listeners. Great, that was Petri Redlinghouse, the founder of Arenia Capital. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. Right, and that brings us to the end of a MoneyWeb at Midday show for the week. I'll be back at the same time on Monday. Cheers for now. 